sixth episode, which I can't even believe I'm saying, of Mum Talk. So this week, as I promised you at the last of end of last week's podcast with Nikki, this week it's just me, just me here, and it's actually podcast day today. So I'm leaving it a little bit late to record this podcast, but I wanted to, I really wanted it to be from me, from my heart to you guys, um, fresh, what's in my mind, what's going on with me. Um, yesterday I was a little bit distracted. We were um, changing or lifting up all of the grout in between our outdoor patio tiles <laughs> randomly, and it took a lot longer than it expected so and I didn't want to just come in and be really tired and record the podcast because I had to because that's not why I'm doing this I'm doing it because I want to do it I'm doing it because I want to share my experience with you other other amazing ladies dads I'm yet to have a dad on but it's happening it will happen experiences with you so this is me completely unscripted to you guys. So how are you all doing? And are you enjoying the podcast? I love hearing from you. So many of you are emailing in, which is just the best when I get to read your emails. They're by far my favorite emails that I receive. Um, And you're sending me loads of DMs on Instagram and messages on Facebook, which is really nice. I still haven't found the time to create a Facebook page, but I am going to because I know that that will make it a lot easier for you guys to connect with each other as well because it would be nice to start a little bit of a community. I know there are loads of communities out there for mums um, and dads as well but it would be nice to kind of have a little one based around the podcast as well if you guys are keen for that because it'll be for you guys there and yeah you guys will be the ones that connect with each other. So I will try and get that sorted this week if I possibly can and we can get that up and running. But in the meantime, keep sending me your emails, checking in, let me know how you're doing. And a lot of you are also wanting to come on the podcast, which is awesome because that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted real life mums. There are a bunch of you guys wanting to come on, so I'm hoping to get you all scheduled in in the future when it's kind of really relevant and um, I do have a little bit of plan of a plan what I want to talk about on the podcast kind of as it develops and I've got some amazing guests lined up for you all as well so it's very exciting how brilliant have the podcast been with Nikki and then we had Zoe and obviously my amazing friend Lisa and I've had so much feedback on their birth stories and of course Nikki's amazing story right at the end of her podcast if you haven't listened to it yet then definitely listen to last week it's beautiful and try if you can it's an hour and a half long but try if you can listen right to the end or if there's a bit in there that you just don't feel is relevant for you just skip skip to the end it's beautiful Nikki I am not gonna I'm not gonna ruin it but yeah just listen because it really is a beautiful story that Nikki tells and has well, I mean, she was totally right because she is having a boy. So there you go. That's the only clue. So listen up. So big news to start with from Hendrik and I's side. Uh, we actually have found out the sex and I haven't put this anywhere. So you guys are the first to know we are having a little girl, which was a huge surprise a huge surprise to me because I could have sworn and my friends know I could have sworn I was having a boy literally sworn I mean I just I just felt like having a girl just was not a was not even on the cards 
I don't know why. I was looking at the scan pictures, thinking there is no way that could possibly be a girl. Just mentally, I I think also in the back of my head, I would quite like a boy. Not saying that I don't want a girl. I really do. I'm happy with anything, but um, or with either. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're having a girl and it's amazing and so exciting. We are really struggling with baby names. We had boys because I was adamant it was a boy. We had boys' names all lined up pretty much. But girls' names, we are massively failing. Massively failing. Um, so yeah, any suggestions, please throw them my way. Or suggestions not necessarily of names, but of places to look for names or things to think about when you're thinking about a name. We'd quite like something a little bit different, but then I'm very aware that, you know, I don't want to latch onto any particular trend because trends change, um, but it would be nice. Our problem is we need to find, or not, it's not a problem, but we need to find a name that sounds good in French as it does in English, which is quite tricky because there are a lot of English names when you say them in the French accent, they just sound weird. And other way around, when you say French names in an English accent, it's going to be weird. And our child will be educated in England because we live in England at the moment. So it does, you know, our, our little girl will be called or called their name in English most of the time. So yeah, suggestions, please, people, because we are really, 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 really struggling. But it's amazing news. I'm very excited. I think Hendrik feels a lot more involved. He's started to call us his little girls, which is really beautiful and really, really nice. And I don't know, weirdly comforting and special. And I don't know, I just I feel like when he says that, that he's holding us both. It's funny, even though he's not necessarily physically holding us when he says that. But when he does say that, it's just a real kind of heart tugger. Um, and I just, I really feel quite cocooned and safe with him, which is a really beautiful feeling. Um, I think he's been feeling a little bit maybe out of the loop recently, but definitely finding out the sex helped a lot for him to feel kind of back in the loop. And he's constantly, I mean, he's not nagging, but he's constantly going on about, what are we going to call our little girl? What are we going to call our baby? I want to know what we're going to call our baby. And here I am being super chill, being like, it will come to us. It'll totally come to us. And then he's online looking at all of these baby names, going through all the lists, all the pronunciations and we do have like four or five down on a list, but nothing is kind of, yes, that's the one. That is the one. Whereas for boys, I did think, yeah, that is it. That's the one. I want that one. Um, but girls, no. Girls, no. But yeah, Hendrik and I are doing tons of stuff around the house at the moment to try and get it all done before his busy period. His busy period starts in May and he's just got his roster and he is rammed. I mean, he is so busy. It's ridiculous. So he's super busy from May, June, July, August, and then he should be busy in September, but he's taken a lot of September as holiday, which was previously booked out as holiday before we knew we were pregnant, but it's just, is perfect timing. That baby should come first week of September. So it should be nice and perfect for us to just go and enter into parent life together without the struggle of having to do his work as well and sort his times and schedules out but yeah May is super busy so we're trying to get as much as we can done at the house 
now because I know what it's like in the summer when he gets maybe a day or two off it would really be very nice to just say let's go have a little sup or let's go swim at the beach and then we'll come back we'll lie in the sun we'll I don't know play table tennis and then we will have a barbecue that's how I imagine our summer days when I'm heavily pregnant and not teaching I am going to try <laughs> bringing bringing me on to teaching I am going to try and teach sup yoga through the summer ah I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but this is my thought. I've looked around for other teachers to cover. If you're a SUP yoga teacher and you're in Devon, please email me. But SUP yoga in Sulcombe, I've been running it. This will be our fifth or sixth year. And it has been basically my baby since I started. I was one of the first in the UK to start teaching SUP yoga. And I've been building this little business down in Sulcombe in Devon, which if you know Sulcombe in Devon, it's a very holiday um, village. I think it goes from like, or town, goes from two, two or 3,000 in the winter to like 20,000 in the summer. So there's a lot of people. Not that many actually want to do SUP yoga. We're not talking about all 20,000 people wanting to jump on a board. <laughs> but there's a good enough flow to build a business. And I have built my little business at South Sands and I love it and I'm not ready to give it up. I don't want to give it up just because I'm pregnant. I want to keep running it. I want it to still be my baby. But come July and August, which is when the big influx comes and when I really have a lot of my clients come back down for the summer, we have, uh, well, I will be really pregnant. So I'm due first week of September. So school holidays kind of fall end of July. So end of July, August is my really, really busy time. Now, I don't know what you guys think, and I would be really interested to hear from um, pregnant mums or mums who have been pregnant towards... I have no idea how I'm going to feel in my last kind of six weeks of pregnancy. Absolutely no idea. I'm running a retreat in early July, and the second week of July, I think I'm running a retreat. Uh, but it's one that I've run for for a long time. It's my very... my most favourite retreat of all. I adore it. It's super chilled, super relaxed. Um... Everyone that books on is always just lovely and friendly and yeah, I, I have friends close by if I need any help. So that July retreat I'm not stressing about at all, but it's the SUP yoga that I'm kind of stressing about. And it's more almost the driving because now we live near Exeter or just east of Exeter. It's an hour, it's not long to get there. So I, I normally drive down and drive back in a day, but can you drive that late in pregnancy? Can you drive when you're kind of six weeks before your due date? Is it safe to have the seatbelt across the tummy, all that kind of stuff? I I get, I, I'm, I'm really, really not sure about this. This is a completely black hole for me. I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm just assuming that I'm going to be fine, that I'm going to feel fine. And, you know, being in the water is actually going to be a really lovely release. Um, I'll probably, or this is how I imagine it's going to happen. I imagine I will hopefully, and if you're listening, Ben or Kimmy at the beach house. Um, I'm going to chat to you guys about this, but I'm really hoping there might be someone there who can lay the line for me because normally I have to heave down this super heavy anchor or two anchors actually to lay the line before my sup yoga guys show up. Um, but I won't be able to do that. I know I won't be able to do that when I'm six months pregnant or not six months pregnant, six weeks before my due date. So I'm hoping someone will be able to lay the line for me and then 
we'll just be able to kind of float ourselves out there, which is what we normally do anyway, grab a hold of the line and do sup yoga and I will just sit on the board and talk everyone through it, which I do do anyway and is a really nice way of teaching. But yeah, I think trying to balance on the sup could be challenging unless I have a really fat board or something or just don't use a board at all and just go swimming. (laughs) Or I have a megaphone. Someone suggested a megaphone on the beach just like calling out and demoing from the beach (laughs) but I don't think I want to do that that would be quite embarrassing for everybody involved I think plus I'm going to look like a freaking whale and at the moment I absolutely am already what I feel like I'm resembling a whale and I'm not even six months pregnant yet I don't know whether it's just because I'm really short but this whole body image thing I'm still really struggling with and I wish I wouldn't and I opened up to Hendrik a little bit about it the other day and he he was really saddened by it which saddened me even more but he was saddened about me not feeling particularly great in my body and not kind of wanting to really go out and buy any clothes and maternity clothes are actually really hard to get a hold of unless you want to buy online and then it's not as fun because you have to buy online get everything at home, try everything on and then ship it all back if it doesn't fit. And in the mindset that I'm in at the moment, I am literally just like leggings, baggy jumper, hide it all, (laughs) which is silly because it would be really nice to embrace my newly found changing figure. So any tips on that as well, I would gratefully receive. I am enjoying pregnancy. I am enjoying being pregnant. I'm just struggling when I look in the mirror belly's fine I don't mind my tummy and that expanding but the other bits are expanding and I'm not eating a lot like I'm not overeating I'm certainly not eating for two I do eat I swear this baby is a chocoholic (laughs) but I'm not overdoing the chocolate I'm not overdoing anything I've had way worse binge eating kind of stages of my life than what I'm going through now so I don't know I think because I'm short maybe there's just not a lot of space for the fat to go but you know when you I can feel it in the tops of my thighs um kind of on the insides where they rub together and I could feel it a little bit in my arms and definitely my face feels swollen all the time and I've been blessed from my father with an extremely round face if you know me you'll know I have like little hamster cheeks um and that just feels like it's getting worse and plumper as the days go on it's almost like my belly's not growing but everything else is um, it's not. It's really not that bad. It's really not that bad. There might be some of you. I don't know. Maybe medically, think who think. Oh my gosh, maybe there's an issue. But I really don't think there is. I think it's my mind. It is my mind, and I will own up to it because I can't be the only one who has gone through pregnancy that feels this way. So it would be nice to hear from anybody who is maybe a specialist on this subject, or if you've just felt it and you feel the same, and you had a way of overcoming it, or ways to feel nice about your body. I've kind of. I've given myself little manicures and pedicures and I'm really, really hoping that my friend Lucy, when she comes to stay this weekend, is going to be keno for going for massages somewhere because I'm dying for a massage. And little things like that, just keeping myself kind of feeling good and I need to get a haircut. I never cut my hair. I think the last time I cut my hair was in September. But anyway, I am really waffling. This is not going to be a long podcast, but I wanted to catch up with you all. And I have kind of set myself to try and not talk for over kind of 30, 35 minutes because the last three podcasts have been 
mega like hour hour and a half long podcast so I want to give you a short one that you can listen to because I feel like the next few guests that I have on they're going to be long as well (laughs) I hope you're finding a way that you can listen to them maybe half and half on your commute or I don't know maybe you're skipping little bits where you get bored which is totally cool so yeah I wanted to update you a little bit on kind of how I'm feeling in my second trimester I'm well into my second trimester so tomorrow Thursday I am 18 weeks, which is very exciting. And my 20-week scan... Oh, we went to um, we went to the doctor. I had my midwife appointment at 16 and a half weeks. And we heard the heartbeat. It was amazing. It was the first time I'd heard the heartbeat. And it was... Oh, it was lovely. It didn't want to make me cry. And I actually said to Hendrik, did that want to make you cry? But it didn't. Didn't want to make him cry. Um... And we had the heartbeat and it was just lovely. It was just just amazing. So fast. It seemed fast. I mean, she said it was completely normal, like 140 or something like that. Um, yeah. So, so lovely. Just amazing. And then you have this gap of about four weeks until you get your 20-week scan, which is the anomaly scan, which I'm a little bit nervous about. I mean, I have had the most incredible pregnancy as kind of complications go. I have had zero touch wood. Um, It's been smooth running. But you just, the same way I felt as I chatted to you guys during the first podcast, I think, during my first uh, scan, I kind of freaked out towards the beginning. So or just before I went in. And I'm trying not to do that this time. My only concern is that my 20-week scan is literally the day before... I travel up to London to go and run my Portugal retreat with Annie. And I'm just so nervous that if there is something wrong or, I don't know, if there's some, if there's anything negative attached to the anomaly scan at 20 weeks, that it will impact the retreat. But I'm sure it won't. I just, I'm sure everything will be fine. I'm sure we're creating a beautiful, perfect little baby girl it's just all the uncertainties and I'm not very good with uncertainties. So I just have to trust in my body that we are building a human and everything is ending up in the right place. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'll let you guys know how that goes. I'm going to take my podcasting stuff um, away to Portugal so I can again give you one literally from the heart. Um, for that Wednesday but yeah that's in a couple of weeks so I'll check in with you again then on my scan. I've also had a ton of questions from you guys about prenatal vitamins. Um, Now everyone, none of this is sponsored by the way, I don't don't get sponsored. Um, When you're pregnant you get given like recommendations from the NHS of what you should have and And you get like this little bumper pack thing. And in the bumper pack, there's a couple of free samples of stuff. And Prega, Prega Care, I think it's called, are the apparently UK's best-selling prenatal multivitamins. And every midwife that I go to see, I've seen two so far, um, they say, oh, are you on Prega Care? So it's the one which all the midwives seem to recommend, or the ones that I've seen anyway, but across the NHS seem to recommend. And I... I don't know. When I first got pregnant, when we first received the bumper pack, Hendrik actually picked up the vitamins and was like, oh, wow, this is a load of crap in there as well as the vitamins, but a load of crap. And I actually had recently, before we got pregnant, 
I'd been doing a ton of research on vitamins, minerals, how to actually get right to the source of the vitamin. So for instance, um, oh God, the one's gone right out of my head. But instead of say having um, a calcium vitamin from milk or something like that, or from a dairy source, you get it from the grass because the cows eat the grass and yada, yada, yada. I think that's Right, I can't actually really remember, but it's about getting kind of your vitamins, your minerals from the source. The same thing about fish, like fish oil, that kind of stuff. Fish eat seaweed, they get their vitamin from seaweed, so you get your vitamin from seaweed. So you start off at the source. So I had actually bought a bunch of vitamins, um, kind of singular vitamins, um, like B12, because I was pretty much vegan before my before my pregnancy, and calcium and vitamin C, what else did I have? Magnesium um, from salts, all that kind of stuff. And then when I had my first appointment with my midwife, I took all of those along and she said, oh, you should just take Pregacare. It's one capsule. You don't have to stress. It's got everything you need. And in a way, there's so much extra that you need in pregnancy. Um, and because of, I think, all the nausea and all of the food, well, definitely with me, my vegetable intake where I was pretty much getting all my sources of vitamins and minerals went out the freaking window. So I was very, very pleased that I had a multivitamin to take because I knew I wasn't really getting the vitamins that I needed from my diet during the first three months of my pregnancy because my diet was way off what it has been for like the last four years. Um, So when I came back and, you know, Hendrik was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of bulking agents in this um, vitamin. And it's, it is it's cheap. As vitamins go, it is cheap compared to what I just spent buying a whole ton of vitamins like separated from plant-based sources from the source. Um, it was, it seemed quite cheap. I think a week or something was like nine, no, not a week, maybe a month was six pounds or three months was six pounds. I can't remember, but it was just, it was quite cheap. And I just thought, oh, where do the vitamins come from? Where are they made? Because I'd read a lot about kind of vitamins and minerals being made in China. Um, and actually the actual vitamin itself wasn't a particularly good source from a good source or was um, artificially created. So all of this brings me to, I did a ton of research online and I found Garden of Life, My Kind Organics, Prenatal Multivitamin. Now, there's an American actress who created these with um, with My Kind or with Garden of Life. I can't, for the life of me, remember her name. Um, but if you just Google Garden of Life, My Kind Organics, I'll write it in the show notes if I can remember to do that. Um, they're all organic whole food supplements and they are vegan and they are plant-based. Now, the only thing that you might find confusing, because I did, which led me to go on to a bunch more research, because I found these and I was like, brilliant, I'm going to get these. They are mega expensive, by the way. Um, so Hendrik and I kind of did a deal. We'll do my first half of my pregnancy on these, and then we will go to Pregacare, which is the recommended one, because we can't really afford to spend this much on vitamins and minerals. <laughs> um I think for this is 180 vegan tablets and I have literally just finished. So that saw me right the way through from when I found out I was pregnant at about five weeks, right the way through now to 18 weeks. Um, 
they were 60 60 pounds I think so pretty expensive <laughs> really very expensive compared to what you can get on the high street now the the thing that will be confusing is vitamin A is the first ingredient on this on the supplement facts of this jar um vitamin A obviously kind of flagged up a whole bunch of stuff because if you're pregnant we're, we're told now do not eat vitamin do not have any extra vitamin A however what I only realized and some of you probably think oh my god you're so stupid that you only just realized that but when I was it took me a while to google but vitamin A on here is from beta carotene so it's the vegetable source of um, and the plant-based source of vitamin A it's not the kind of I guess the artificially I don't know I don't know but not the meat vitamin A or the the super super high vitamin A. Um, I could be talking rubbish here. Please correct me if I'm not. But I just know that there, there is vitamin A or there's there's when you look at Pregacare, I think it says beta carotene. So beta carotene is in Pregacare, but it's just not labelled as vitamin A, which it is. It is vitamin A, but it's beta carotene. So that was confusing, but I solved that confusion. Um, and it's fine. So I've been taking these. They've got vitamin A, C, D, E, K, um, B1, B2, B6, niacin, folate, folate, which is, I think, which is better than folic acid, vitamin B12, biotin. Oh my God, I can't say some of these. I'm not even going to try, but it's got everything you need. And then it's got an extensive list of where they've all come from. So ginger, garlic, Brussels sprouts, cherries, blackberries. Oh my gosh, huge amounts. Um, and you take three of these, which is a bit of a... Ugh, it's, I mean, they're huge. They're huge tablets. You take three of those a day. And whereas Pregacay, you take one a day. So it's actually quite been quite nice. I've literally taken one Pregacay yesterday because I ran out of these. Um... Yeah, so they're the vitamins that I've been on. So I hope that they ha that solved your question. So again, it's My Kind Organics Garden of Life Prenatal Multivitamin. You can get a prenatal only, but there was something in this prenatal multi that I wanted more of. I can't remember what it was, but there was something in the prenatal multi that wasn't just in the plain prenatal, I think. Um the other thing that I've not been struggling with, but thought I was, I thought I was anemic at one point uh, because I was still trying to not eat meat, nor much or much of it. So I have dialed down, well, I have actually dialed up my meat intake, although recently, this last couple of weeks, thinking about it, I haven't had any, but I really did feel like I was anemic. I had all of the symptoms, headaches, tired legs which I've had since I was a little kid anyway just seems to be something that I have but it was daily tired legs um extreme exhaustion which wasn't getting any better and everyone kept saying to me you should be feeling so much more energetic now and I wasn't I literally just wanted to lie on the sofa the last couple of days have been a little bit like that but I actually think it could be the weather because we have not had great weather it's been rain 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 and more rain and today is even more rain so We've had glimpses of sunshine and then I do feel a little bit more energetic. But then also, I do think I've been doing quite a lot. So <laughs> last week we built a shed and I was climbing up ladders, which probably wasn't particularly sensible, but, you know, it had to be done. And I was careful and Hendrik was watching over me and it was fine. But we built our shed and then a couple of days later we're, we re-graveled our drive. So 
I was shoveling gravel into a wheelbarrow and I was attempting to use this as my squatting session. So I was squatting as I was kind of heave-hoeing this gravel into the wheelbarrow and then dumping the gravel kind of all over as Hendrik was digging out kind of areas of our driveway which had bumps in and stuff. So we've done that as well and then yesterday was very much kind of bent over hands and knees. Um, God, that doesn't sound good, does it, if you say it in public? Um digging out our old grout so we can fill it with new grout and Hendrik is actually just finishing that off as we speak so yeah it's been pretty active and I guess pretty tiring and I am so used to being mega active and actually one of my clients just emailed me literally just emailed me um beautiful client she's absolutely incredible I'm gonna try and persuade them to come on the podcast because she is mum to three kids three really really young kids and um, her husband is uh, in the medical um, practice and it would be really great to have them on the podcast. So I'm going to desperately try and persuade them to come on the podcast together because that would be brilliant. Um, But she actually emailed saying, you know, I actually think it's harder when you are super, super active um, and then suddenly you get hit with this exhaustion. You just do not feel normal at all. And then all of a sudden you do start to feel a little bit normal. You think you can go back to kind of how you were before, but really you can't because you're pregnant. <laughs> so that was it was really interesting to actually hear her say that because I think definitely in the early days I just did not allow myself to rest. And I remember my mum saying to me, Emma, just sit on the sofa, just relax. You can, you're pregnant, but... I just didn't. It's just not what I'm used to doing. But I have been trying to do a little bit more recently. And Hendrik's been working quite a bit. He's had very late nights and that actually makes it easier because he then needs to nap midday. So I'll nap too. (laughs) And then I'll try and nap before I see clients or go teach. Last night I was teaching uh, my prenatal lovely ladies and I napped just a little bit before in the sun actually there was a bit of sun so yeah I did nap a little bit in the sun but naps actually make me feel worse for the rest of the day than better I don't I don't really get on with naps that well maybe I'm napping for too little time or too long a time but it's normally about 25 minutes or half an hour so nap tips if anyone's got any good prego nap tips then please please let me know or anything to kind of boost your energy I'm also finding that my energy really does depend Um, what I eat and this has been a big thing that's run through most of my life but I only really picked up on it kind of over the last couple of years and because my balance my diet had become a lot more balanced um, and a lot more plant-based I was finding I had a lot more energy after I ate but I've started if you follow me on social media you may have seen that I've started to kind of try my day with a smoothie um, I got a Nutribullet last year, which I didn't really use because we were having so much work done on the house and it was just constantly dusty, so it's a bit gross. But um, now I'm using it every morning and I'm either having a fruit-based smoothie, sometimes I'll also shove in some like brown flakes or something like that and blitz them up as well, or some oats to make it a bit thicker and a bit more, um, a bit more filling. Um, but I also have this amazing amazing smoothie that I is so simple and you've got to do it if you have a Nutribullet or something like that you just have to create this and if you like chocolate milkshakes I swear to you I cannot taste the difference it is the bomb it's amazing so I put in like a good guzzle of almond milk frozen banana probably about I reckon I put in between half a banana and a full banana depending on how bananary my one this morning was super bananary um 
Although they do say when you're pregnant to not eat too many bananas because it does make you more constipated. Sorry, guys, if you're listening, but it does. Um, so, I don't know, in the last couple of days, I actually have been more constipated thinking about it. But I'm not sure that's just the banana. That just could be my shitty diet. I'm not sure. I'll I'll watch that for you, and I'll check in with you again on that. And let you know if it's the banana in my smoothie. But anyway, this I'm probably not going to give this up for that anyway. I have half a date. I put half a date in to sweeten it, that's all, because the banana is pretty sweet by itself. And then a heaped teaspoon of raw cacao. Um, I don't really go over the top on raw cacao because I actually quite like it with not too much chocolate in, but if you want to shove a load in, then do it. Um, or not, although not too much because it does make the heart race raw cacao, so yeah, not too much. And then what else? Oh yeah, a big teaspoon of peanut butter or almond butter or cashew butter or even seed butter, which sounds, well, it's yummy, but I don't have it, so it is yummy. And then blitz it all up and then voila, you have the most delicious chocolate milkshake. (laughs) It's so yummy. And if you wanted to switch, you can use the base for anything. You could switch out the cacao and peanut butter maybe and put in something else something else that you like that makes it look nice as well I still struggle with drinking green ones I have a frozen avocado in my freezer that when it was going off I chopped it and put it in there and if anyone's got a really nice avocado recipe where it just tastes nice and thick I make avocado chocolate mousse but again that's chocolate so um I need something maybe mango-y I did make a good mango one the other day but if anyone's got any good smoothie recipes please let me know because I will be hitting that up pretty much from now on I reckon all summer and it does keep me quite sustained all the way through until probably half past 12 or one o'clock which is good because Hendrik being French that's when he wants to eat as well (laughs) um so I'm very aware that I'm hitting about the 35 minute mark in a moment um but there's not much else for me to fill you in on really I mean exercise wise what have I been doing this is a key topic which I actually was talking to my friend Lucy about the other day I don't know what it is but because I've been in the yoga industry for quite a long time now and obviously on social media on Instagram and Facebook I've always felt like there seems to be well there's there's definitely been a massive push in fitness I feel in a particular type of fitness like you know you'll see loads of amazing 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 inspirational women a lot of whom are my friends posting you know workouts like four rounds of 30 or I don't know 15 burpees or whatever that kind of stuff like hit style stuff which is great um and I think is perfect but as a pregnant woman I feel quite a lot of pressure to still be doing that kind of stuff um so I've been I haven't really been doing it in my first three months because I haven't wanted to and I really haven't felt like I could I didn't even feel like I wanted to get on my yoga mat but it's almost I feel like the it's almost you do fitness to I don't really know how to say this and I know I'm really waffling and you're probably going to skip this bit of the podcast which is fine I'm not going to edit it out because I'm just trying to kind of pull all my thoughts together so I can actually form a sentence with my pregnancy brain at the moment which doesn't happen very often it's a bit of a waffle um but I feel like uh, for Easter for example I kept seeing posts like 
Don't feel guilty about eating Easter eggs. If you fall off the wagon today, don't worry, you can jump back on it tomorrow and you can get back into your exercise routine and, you know, you'll burn everything off. It'll be fine. One Easter egg isn't going to make a difference. And I just thought, oh God, how chitty is that? That, you know, you eat an Easter egg and even though they're saying don't feel guilty, it almost, or for me, for my kind of character, that almost takes me the other way. And then I do start to feel guilty. And then I start to think, oh shit, well, I'm going to eat an Easter egg. I know it doesn't make a difference, but now I've got to try even harder tomorrow and get back on it. And why can't you just eat an Easter egg and then not get back on it if you don't want to for a couple of days or for a week or even have that pressure to get back on it? I think it depends, I guess it depends on how you, how you feel about fitness. For instance, my sister and I, we were brought up to, well, we never went to the gym. It just wasn't a thing for us. We were always outside. We went on bike rides, runs. Um, I don't know. We were climbing trees all the time. Um, we were swimming, we were water skiing. That was a bit later on, actually, when I took it up as a hobby, but, and surfing and that kind of stuff. And that was our exercise. So it didn't actually feel like exercise ever. I never felt like I had to work out. It was just fun outside. Now, I know a lot of people do not have the time or do not live in the spaces where they can do that kind of exercise. So, you know, fitness in the gym is pretty much your only option unless you want to breathe in all of the fumes of London, if you're in London. So I know it's not available to everybody, but I just feel kind of, you know, I'll eat an Easter egg and then I'll think, oh, I'm going to go on a cycle ride tomorrow. Yay, that's fun. So I can eat too. Or I won't think anything at all and I would just shove Easter eggs down my mouth, which is pretty much happened. what happened for the last week and a bit because my mum gave me our Easter eggs super early. So Hendrik and I pretty much demolished them by Easter Sunday. But um, at least he was here to demolish them with me. So fitness-wise, kind of pregnancy, I have felt like a bit of a pressure to really keep up stuff. And they, they do say, you know, don't try anything new, but just keep going with what you're doing. But it just doesn't feel good. Like what I would do occasionally is, you know, I would go running. I can't really do that. It doesn't really feel good anymore. And running where I live, they say when you're pregnant and when you run, to run um, at a pace where you can hold a conversation. Now, we live in a really hilly area. The second the second name of our village is Hill. So <laughs> we live on a hill. And you either have to run up the hill to get out or run down the hill and then finish on a hill or and with a good few hills in between. So holding a conversation for the majority of the steady run is not possible. And also it felt weird. It felt heavy. My tummy just felt, I don't know, I, I got back after after a run the other week and it just went super tight, super tight. And I just thought, oh, this is not a good feeling and not how I feel like baby wants to be probably. Um, but because normally my belly feels soft and like easy and just gentle, like I'm creating a really nice little heart, you know, and, and a nice little home for baby. And then when I got back from the run, it was what I imagined contractions to start off like. That's probably panicking a lot of people, but it's not meant to. But you know, when you've just finished a round of like 20 sit-ups and everything goes solid and really tight, that's what it felt like. It did ease off after about 10 minutes and I was fine, but I just thought that is not a good place to be. So a lot of the outside activities that I did um, have kind of gone out the window. Cycling, 
Again, around here, it's all road-based. We've got cruisers. So we actually, last weekend, not last weekend, the weekend before last, I had my sister down. We went and did a beautiful route around Topsham and down to Exmouth, which is like a footpath and also a cycle path, but pretty flat. No one was on it. We actually went on a day when it was raining, so really no one was on it. <laughs> and we were out there by ourselves, and it was really lovely. And we cycled, and it was fine, because there was very, very little danger of me falling off. But... You know, I was also thinking, you know, is all this jiggling and bumping around good for baby? And I'm sure it is fine. It would be great if anyone knows whether this is good or bad. But, you know, I'm, I live an active lifestyle and I'm constantly up and down and moving around and I think it's fine. So we did that. But I've also tried everywhere I read, they're saying, go to the dentist. <laughs> but they're also saying 50 squats a day will make you super strong for birth. So me being me, I've upped it to 100 squats a day. <laughs> or I'm at least trying to do 100 squats every other day and then 50 squats on the days in between. I don't actually find 100 squats very difficult. Um, it's just time and being bothered, basically. So, But I do want to be strong. It really hit me the other day. I want to be strong for pregnancy. Um, I really want to feel... You know, pregnancy is effectively running a marathon. You could be in labour for an hour. You could be in labour for 40. And I just, especially because I want to really, really, really want to have a natural birth, I don't want to be too tired, or I don't want to get too tired where I have to say, I can't do this anymore. You need to intervene. I want to be able to have the mental and physical strength to be able to push through. And mental strength is something that, I guess I struggle with, with endurance kind of stuff. My sister is amazing. Even if my sister's body has given up, her mind is just like, go, 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 go. You have to get to the end. She's got incredible medical strength. Michelle, if you're listening, you really are my superstar hero. You just, you, you rock. But I don't. I do not have that. If I'm out for a run or if I'm out doing something I'm not particularly enjoying and it's a bit sucky, I will stop and I will just be like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm just going to listen to my body and just go with it. And you can't do that in labor. <laughs> so I've got to boot up my mental strength physically. Um, yeah, I'm working with diaphragmatic breath as well um, and also squats and trying to get my upper body nice and strong as well. So my arms, etc., to... I've noticed that my arms have become a lot weaker in my yoga practice as well in pregnancy because I've kind of laid off the chaturangas to up dogs, which is obviously a lot of pushing movement um, because they stretch out my belly quite a bit. So that's kind of... And obviously my handstands, I have not been really handstanding. I tried to handstand the other day and I just... I don't know. I freaked out because normally I'm, I, I'm not scared of handstands because I know that I can fall into a full wheel or I can twist out and that both of those you do not want to do when you're pregnant so I could keep up my handstands against a wall I don't know and I probably will to maintain the strength and the form I should definitely do that um but yeah it's definitely taken a little bit of a back seat which I think it will continue to do so but yeah I've been doing uh, 100 squats and then what did I do the other day I did clams so sideline clams um google those and uh, if you don't know what they are and I've been doing press-ups um, or push-ups, but I've been doing wide ones. So not chaturanga-style press-ups. I've been going wide. Uh, although that really makes my boobs sore. 
pecs obviously across the across the top of your body it's working your pecs and my pecs are still under there somewhere underneath all the new boob so yeah I that they, that is quite sore to do those the next day um what else have I been doing squats with toe lifts um lunges lads of lunges so yeah I'm focusing a lot on the butt and the thighs but that's also where I'm really nervous to gain weight because my thighs I have definitely seen a bit of a weight gain on the inside of my thighs and it does make me nervous it does and I walk a lot and so I guess I am focusing I'm building muscle obviously and but you don't you know you don't really burn fat when you're pregnant so there you go I'm gonna stop there because I've been talking very fast for a very long time but it has been honest and know that it's been honest and I know I haven't touched on anything in particular that is you know really necessarily that important um or kind of that um what's the word no the word's gone out of my head but this is what I want this podcast to be. I want to be able to share with you. I want to be able to talk with you and just you see where I'm at and, you know, what other mums are feeling. And it really is from me, completely unscripted. Once again, didn't have any notes and any topics, which will be some, you know, some of you will love it. Some of you will hate it. And I get that. Um, but yeah, I'm here to do something a little bit different. And if it's not kind of authentic to me then there's no point in sharing it with you because you'll see rad through it so there you go next week I have the most amazing guest but I'm going to keep it as a surprise um yeah all right I hope you enjoyed it I will catch up with you next week send me all your questions anything that you're thinking about and I will check in with you then mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com is the email that's mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com and I will try very hard this week to get that Facebook page up and running for you all right see you next week bye